Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. I'm really excited to inter- introduce you to our special guest today. Her name is Jeannie Cisco Meth. So I, I'm just getting to know her too. So a couple of weeks ago, I spoke at an event. It was a fundraiser for the, the Living Aquarium. And this beautiful lady was sitting like towards the front and was so engaged with everyone's speech and message. Like she laughed at the right times in the contagious laugh. You know what I'm talking about? And just had so much enthusiasm. And I thought, I need to get to know this, this lady. And so I, I introduced myself and, and I think we've seen each other. We've met at the, the National Speakers Association, the chapter meeting, but I've, I've never really got to know her. And then I kind of stalked her on Facebook <laughs> and I thought we need her on our show. So welcome, Jeannie Cisco meth Oh, thank you so much. And I want to give a little more of a, of a bio too. And I need to excuse my co-host, Scott, who is still out of town. It's still the archery elk hunt. And <laughs> hopefully um, he'll be here next week to join us. So let me tell you a little bit about Jeannie. Jeannie was raised on a dairy farm in Morton, Washington, where she spent her time learning the importance of responsibility and hard work. She loved animals and physical labor. She was diagnosed with many learning differences in the first grade and told she would never make it through high school. She was too dumb. She had different ideas. But after graduating from high school and then the University of Utah, she became an educator and used the skills she had learned to help many troubled teens find success for nearly two decades. Today, Jeannie works with both teens and adults across the nation She enjoys empowering them to greater personal value and excellence. She's been featured in many magazines, radio shows, and TV. So welcome, Jeannie. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Thanks, Becky. Are you still teaching? I'm not teaching anymore. I transitioned from the classroom to the stage in 2012, and I feel very blessed to have been able to do that. And when you say to the stage, do you do a song and dance? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) What do you mean by that? So I have a platform called Bully Proofing You, improving confidence and personal value from the inside out. Because I absolutely believe that we need to decide our value instead of letting other people decide our value. And I saw firsthand the devastation that can occur when somebody allows someone else to decide their value. And so my message when I go into schools and youth groups is to help teens decide that they are valuable, that they are important. And then that way, when somebody says something mean or hurtful, it may hurt, but it doesn't devastate. And I, we had a student commit suicide right towards the end of my career. We would, we would have a student commit suicide every now and then. And my mission is to make sure that no one ever, ever takes their life again because of bullying or someone else's life. You know, um, right. shootings. Ugh. Yeah, having you come on today, I knew that was your message, but I didn't know that when I first first asked you if you would be interested in coming on our show. And what's interesting is our last two episodes 
have also been around bullying. Mm. And that was just all coincidental. So there must be a need. There must be a need for this message right now. Absolutely. Um, to have that all just come and come come together and yes. by accident. <laughs> so you grew up in Washington. Yes. yes. On a dairy farm. Yes. And kind of take us through your journey there to where you are now. So um, I absolutely loved growing up on the farm. I loved the animals and riding my horse. And it was a solace for me when, because I could go train a horse to ride. I've trained horses or milk the cows or whatever. And whereas when I would go to school, I didn't find very many successes. And so mm-hmm. I could find success and, and a gift of healing for animals on the farm. So I absolutely love the farm. Um, my dad still lives in Washington on the farm. And, and I love going back there. There's a, a river and it's my home. <laughs> and your mother? Um, yes, my mother, my mother passed away back in November of this past year. And she lived with me the last three years of her life. I feel very blessed. And if I had not transitioned from the classroom to the stage um, as a professional speaker, she would not have been able to live with me because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had the time. I would have been gone at school all day. And so I feel very blessed that I made the decisions I did and it took me to where I did. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I, I watched a video clip of a KSL interview with your daughter. Oh, yes, yes. She is... Um, not the only force behind this, but definitely a driving force in creating this program. Um, she had been suicidal for many, many years. And when I started teaching, I learned very quickly that students had that issue. I worked at an alternative high. So mm-hmm. it was at-risk teens. Uh, most of them were involved in gangs and drugs. And at first, I didn't understand that. And I remember asking my students, why gangs? And it's because if you remember back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, <laughs> gangs fulfill certain levels in that hierarchy, the safety and the bonding and the, you know, the, 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 um, the coming together type thing. And so I realized that a lot of that has been ripped out of our society, that third level of belonging and systems and safety because both parents work. And so I started developing my Bully Proofing You program back in high school to help students find togetherness and belonging and safety in our classroom. And then from there, it just kind of blossomed and bloomed and then has become what it is today. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And you're traveling around the country yes. speaking. Yes, I am. I absolutely love it. And I have recently started going into businesses as well and helping them create a respectful workplace. So bullying is not just for the playground anymore. It's not just middle school. I think middle school has always been the focus of bullies, Mm -hmm. but it's not just in the playground anymore. It's everywhere. It's at your work. It's, you know, and and the biggest one is the one that lives between your ears. Yes, that's what we were kind of talking about before we started this interview is, yeah, the words we tell ourselves. Yeah. We hear our voice the most often. Yeah. And it's the most believable voice that we hear. Yeah. So how do we how do we stop bullying ourselves? How do we tame the bully how between do we our ears? Yourself? That's a good one. <laughs> the biggest thing kind of goes with a quote that you have on your wall. I absolutely love your Norman Rockwell painting that says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The flip side of that is do unto yourself also. If you won't say it to someone else, do not say it to yourself. Do not say it to yourself. I have an activity that I do with my 
with my groups and my clients that shows them very poignantly that if I'm putting that label on me, but I won't put it on someone else, I need to peel it off and stop putting it on me. Stop that bully between the ears. Because the reason people are left less productive, the reason they have a low self-esteem, personal value, as I call it, is because they beat themselves up. And then someone outside of them, that external bully may say it. And because they already believe it, it can devastate. And I don't want that to be devastating. Absolutely. I often ask when I speak to youth, youth groups, I ask, if you spoke to your friends the way you speak to yourself, would they still be your friends? Yeah. And you see the look on their face like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. They don't, most people don't even realize it. I don't think I've ever met someone until someone like yourself or me says, you're bullying yourself. They don't realize it until someone shines a light on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful for the work that you're doing. And I am grateful for what you are doing and getting getting out there in such a, a broad, broad way because it is so important. So you have a, a book? Yes. And a workbook? Yes. And tell us about that. So I have a book and in the first three chapters, it's all about loving yourself. And if you can't get to love, at least like. And what's the name of your book? It's called Bully Proofing You, Improving mm -hmm. Confidence and Personal Value from the Inside Out. And it's available on Amazon. It's also available in Barnes & Noble. I feel very grateful it's now a bestseller. Wow. And it was self-published. And I understand that that's not necessarily heard of. So that's I feel right. very that's blessed. Amazing. Yeah. So the first three chapters are about stop bullying yourself. Yes, yes. And then? The next three are all about why people bully. Hurt people hurt people. And if you can remember that when somebody is lashing out at you, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the pain that they are in. And then the last three chapters are all about, well, the, the next three chapters are about um, planned responses that you can use that will stop the bullying situation, but will allow the bully to save face because they are human too. They have a right to not be hurt either. And so many programs out there right now are saying, give as good as you get. No, 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 no. You're better than that. Mm -hmm. You're better than that. Remember that they hurt and come up with some of these planned responses and how to use them. You see, when emotion is high, intelligence is low. And so the, the last three chapters of the book take you through how to think, even though when you're, you're awkward or your emotions are high, you can still think and process. And so that's what the, those are about. And then it tells you a little bit about what's next. What do I do next? And there's the, the workbook that goes along with it. Yes, the workbook. And right now, the ebook is on sale for 99 cents. And then if you send me an email, Becky will put the information in there. I will send you the digital workbook for free as a way of saying thank you so much for listening to this, this and um, getting in touch with us. And how do you end a conflict? You end a conflict. Yes, absolutely possible. When you believe in yourself and you have decided that you are valuable, you respect other people more. And as you raise that level of respect for yourself and for others, conflict naturally goes away. Conflict, in my opinion, and it's a well-studied opinion, mm -hmm. comes from people being afraid or scared and not sure of themselves. And so when you're sure of yourself and somebody says something you don't like, you don't have to attack. You can say, hang on, let's talk about this. Let's discuss it instead of lashing out. And that's my wish for you and your listeners 
is that they will learn how to value themselves and respect themselves so they can respect others. I love that. Love that. Let's go back a little bit in your bio. I mentioned that you growing up, you had, you were labeled, I guess, with many learning disabilities. So what was that like? Did that make you a a target for being bullied or? Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Some people, when they meet me, they're like, you're a bullying victim. I'm six foot tall. And so they think, how could you be bullied? But you can't look at someone and know if they're bullied or not. And that's a blind spot that is created. And I help parents and teachers learn how to diffuse that blind spot. And my son was also bullied and he's seven foot tall, you Mm. know, and so you don't know what a bully victim looks like. However, you can hear it. You can hear it in the words that they use. And so part of my program is teaching staff at group homes, at schools, and then parents how to identify that blind spot. So when I was in elementary school, I had, I was visually blind. I was, I couldn't see anything. And I remember the day I got my first pair of glasses. All of a sudden there were people and trees and it was, it was phenomenal. I could go on forever about that. But I also had visual dyslexia. And I'm sure you've heard of that. You know, words get jumbled up. The letters get jumbled up. Come on down. <laughs> my son trying to sneak out of the house. Our, our studio is our front room, dining room table. <laughs> See you later, Sky. Bye, Sky. <laughs> so I had visual dyslexia, but I also have auditory dyslexia, which means the words get jumbled up. So school and academia was very, very difficult for me because I didn't hear half of what was being said. I couldn't see it. You know, I couldn't write. And so English class was very, very difficult. Is it okay if I tell you about how I learned to read? Absolutely. So I was laying on the floor in my living room floor, as I'm sure many young people do. And I was laying there with my biology book open or history book. I don't remember which book. But I was frustrated. I was trying to read it. I was trying to take notes. I tried to be a good student. It was a struggle for me. And I remember I got up to go into the kitchen. I'm sure to get a glass of milk and cookies because we're a dairy farm. I love milk. And then when I came back in and sat down or laid back down on the floor, I was on the other side of my book. So my book was upside down. And all of a sudden, I could read. And it was, oh, my gosh, I have goosebumps just thinking about it. It was so incredible. And so I'm like, okay, I'm ready for English tomorrow. I'm raising my hand. I'm reading. And so I raised my hand, you know, and the teacher said, who wants to read it? Of course, my hand shot up and I had never volunteered before. So she Mm. called on me and I stood up and I was holding my book upside down and I start reading it and I'm all excited. Well, the student next to me points at me and goes, how stupid is she? She's reading upside down. And I just shut the book and sat back down. But the beautiful thing was, was in the 80s, yeah, I'm dating myself. In the 80s, we covered all of our school books and with, you know, some paper or newspaper. I don't know. Did you ever? Yes, Okay. (laughs) So that night I went home and covered all of my books with paper bags, but they were upside down inside the cover, but then on the outside. So it looked like it was right side up. I wrote the name of the book. And so the rest, (laughs) so that's a tool and I've used it with many of my students who have dyslexia. So if you have dyslexia, turn your book upside down and see if it helps. It definitely helped me. That's amazing. Wow. So did your teacher, did you, did you express what was happening to your teacher? Did she catch on what was happening? 
No. Uh-uh. Um, so it was a secret you just kind of kept to yourself because yeah, somebody yeah. called you out and made fun of you. So you were afraid <laughs> even to, to talk about it. Well, in elementary school, my, my learning differences, I call them differences because they're not disabilities. They're just differences. And in elementary school, I was constantly pulled out of class. I had therapy. I had speech therapy. I had reading therapy. I, I was constantly pulled out of class, which made me a target anyways. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to high school, I didn't tell anybody, nobody at all. And so I just did the best I could to blend in. And I played sports. I'm six foot tall. They loved me on the uh -huh. basketball team, you know. And throw so, it to Jeannie. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I just did my best. That's why I say there's a blind spot. A lot of the people who bully or get bullied, again, the internal bully is much worse than the external bully. Mm -hmm. They just hide it. They don't want anybody to know. And so, but there's certain things that they'll say that you can listen to. Things like, I'm not good enough. Or things like, well, I suck. Or those things mm -hmm. that are negative. Or I hate my, I hate my hair. Or I, I hate the clothes that I have to wear. Or I hate my body. Listen for those. Those are key words. But don't wait for them. You right. need to remind your kids and model that behavior for them. I don't know how many. I'm a mother. So I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about mothers for a mm -hmm. minute. When I was younger, before I really knew this bully proofing, you know, is from the inside out. I would walk by a mirror and my hair would be a mess or I, you know, I don't wear makeup all the time, but, but I go, oh my gosh, my hair is a mess or I'm fat or, and don't do that. No, 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 no. Stop. When you mm -hmm. see a mirror, it's a chance for you to show your kids that you love yourself. Yep. You've got some marks you may want to change, but mm -hmm. guess what? I love myself. Mm -hmm. And so as you do that, it gives permission to those around you to love themselves. It's a tough transition sometimes, but it is so worth it. So worth it. And as you go into schools and you teach this, what kind of feedback do you get? What kind of reaction do you see on their faces? Or do you, are you able to tell when a light bulb goes Absolutely. on in a, in a teen's head? Yes. I live for light bulb moments, not just teens, but parents. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I went to an Irish dance club. And she introduced me kind of as the hammer that's going to come in here and get these kids and straighten them out because I guess they're having quite a bit of bullying going wow. on. And I let them know that, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to teach you how to love yourself. And it was absolutely phenomenal. The program was about an hour. And I was there for an hour and a half after talking to the students and signing books. People coming up and saying, Jeannie, wow, wow, I never thought of it that way. Parents coming up and saying, how, you know, how can... You help me more. Do you have a, I do have a mentoring and a coaching program that I work, you know, with families or groups to help them tame the bully between their ears because it is so prevalent. And so I get emails from all over the world. My book is now global, um, telling me that I've helped save the life of their child or themselves because they now at least value themselves some and they're building that value as they go along. I feel very, very blessed. This message came through me. It came to me. Um, you know, I did not create it. It, it came mm. to me to help me deal with stuff. And then I had the courage to share it. And I feel very, very blessed that it has blessed others. I love that. You are, you're, you are following the, you are living what Gandhi said. Yeah. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. And you're, you. you're doing that. You be Thank the change you. you wish to see in the world.
Thank you. Yeah. I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah. I do I do remember Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. There you go. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of where it stopped started. If I, you know, I knew in high school when I met my basketball coach that I wanted to become a teacher because he helped me so much. And I was like, if he can help me and I can help just one person, then it's worth it. And luckily I've been blessed to help thousands of people, you know, and it's it's humbling. It's very humbling. Your passion shines through, even though this is audio and not video, your passion shines through. And it's easy to see that you are such a a beautiful person inside and out. What's the last words of wisdom that you would like to leave with the audience? I would like to leave the words that hurt people hurt people. And so if somebody says something mean to you, it's not about you. It's about the fact that they're having a bad day. And if you can show them some empathy and compassion, and let it just roll off your back and then go get a hug <laughs> from someone because it does hurt. Go find someone and say, hey, I need a hug. Somebody said mm-hmm. something mean to me. I know it's about them, but it still hurt. Can I have a hug? So get that support. Mm-hmm. It's there. So often I would have students that would say, nobody supports me. I said, please, you just got to see them. They're everywhere. So there are people out there that want to help you, desperately want to help you. Reach out and accept that help. You're worth it. You're worth receiving love and support. And your website is? JeannieSiscoMeth.com. There you go. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Thank you, Jeannie. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.